0: Mic check, mic check. Can they hear us? Can they hear us? Good. Combo Nation. (laughs) Oh, what up? What up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 343 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. You know what to do, so get it done. Rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune in to Combo's Court. Today's show, Keandre of Hoop Intellect joins in to talk NBA Draft, Bronny James, the All-Star Game, and more. Go subscribe to Hoop Intellect on YouTube, a fantastic channel, lots of draft content and more on there, so go subscribe to that. You know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. andre hoop intellect man how you been bro welcome back to combos court
1: man i've been good appreciate you for having me on once again you know uh i'm a fan of the content that you put out so it's always good to 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 come on here
0: likewise likewise i'm always paying attention to what you do um some of your earlier videos had you hooping what you been up to lately do you ever get to hoop
1: um lately i've been like on grind mode with the editing so it's not like a whole bunch of time for that but i've been really trying to get back into it lately um that's just kind of this is kind of the cost benefit analysis when you when you do something like i'm doing right now you don't get to hoop as much and that was kind of my new year's resolution or whatever to like really get back into it but then i got covid january 3rd man that thing's off so
0: yeah Hey, do you ever like you're you're paying attention to so much video? You're editing so much video. Do you ever like look back at your career? Like I could have done things differently from how much you learn just from doing what you do now.
1: Um. Yeah. You know, I think part of it is just kind of part of the process. Um. A lot, I hate watching my old videos because it's just like natural progression. Like I'm a lot better at what I do now. Um, right. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just kind of kind of one of those things. Like, early on, I was really just teaching myself, trying to get better at something new, like, all the time. And then now I got this whole new setup and everything. The computer's better, so.
0: But I was talking about you as a player, for what you oh, were uh, evaluate, oh, yeah. uh, of evaluating other players. Like, could yeah. you, you know what I mean? Looking back. Like, like me, I probably would have played a little more defense. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> man, tell me about it, man. Every, I actually went back to, like, watch some of my high school stuff. And some of the games that I thought that I played really well in, I was not that good. And some of the games I thought I was terrible because I didn't score as much. I was actually really, really good. Like there was this game in the, in the state tournament, my senior year, I was watching and I was like, I remember this game. I had like eight points. Um, I thought I played terribly. We won, but I thought I was horrible. But on, on the same time, like I was making all these defensive rotations, like, it was, yeah. it was just a completely dif- different perspective from from where i was when i was 18 to now
0: i'm sure you look at the game totally differently like yeah. doing what you do now right
1: yeah absolutely and it's right. like a training a training thing too like just knowing what i need to work on and just having a different mentality just from like attacking your weaknesses and then like really embracing what you need to work on that's just like a whole different kind of mentality that i do with this now
0: most definitely So, you know, you you always join in on uh, me and P's uh, Twitter spaces, Friday Night Lights, and you always bump up the level. It's always great having you on. But I remember the last few times I was on, you and P were not agreeing with me (laughs) with Chet at number one. And I don't want to stay on Chet, you know, this whole recorded because I talked about him enough already, probably. But I look at the mock draft. And you know what I see Keandre's mock draft Chet number one. So you got to explain yourself, man. Was it more like a fit with the team? I know it's not a big board. So, so, so talk to me.
1: Yeah. So I think I'm, I've been on record like a whole bunch saying like the top pick, like there's a, it's a pretty wide open race. In my opinion, that's just how I've been approaching it. You got Chet, you got Paulo, you got Jabari, uh, Jaden Ivy at times look like, looks like that guy. Um, But yeah, you know, with Chet, the thing that I was looking for from him specifically is just more offensive assertiveness and growth. Um, Hmm. So at the beginning of the year, you know, a lot of his threes were in transition, right? He coming up, um, they're hitting him as a trail man. Mm -hmm. And then now, you know, he might hit those spot ups. He might walk up into it um, and dribble into it uh, with the pull ups. He's hit that floater against BYU, you know, just kind of diversifying his game. He looks a little bit more explosive than he did and a little quicker, um, early on in the year. This is my, um, uh, opinion, but I I've really liked what I've seen from him. Um, obviously it's not against the greatest competition, but I think people are sleeping a little bit on the, the West coast conference. Um, there's, there's some solid teams in there. It's not like the, some of those Missouri Valley, um, teams that Wichita State was playing in the in the early 2010s but yeah that's kind of just what I've seen on it and then you know in addition to that you've got Paulo who has struggled with certain things I haven't not saying I completely jumped shipped on, ship on him or anything I still think he's in that conversation but you know just a, a couple of different variables that have um, put Chet higher in my in my mind than before
0: yeah when it comes to NBA comps I don't know how much you like NBA comps but I see what I see. And it's my opinion. When I see Paulo, I see Julius Randall. When I see Chet, I see KG. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, I always like to do the the player comps. I just think they're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we can ho- completely take a whole bunch out of them. I know I know a lot. of people Right. Like but it's just like a fun thing to do. Like it's basketball. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that. I think that honestly, the, the Julius Randall comparison for. Paulo, it's there, but I also think it's kind of hurt him the way that Julius Randle has played this season. Is like people have really gone the complete opposite direction on him when they he's still in that in that general vicinity at the top of the draft. Um, but yeah, with with Chat, I wouldn't go as far as to say KG, but there is no real comparison with him. I've been thinking about it for a, for a while. The closest that we really have is Evan Mobley, kind of because. Yeah, yeah you know somebody who's not going to the thing that took me away from comparing evan mobley to kg even though he's got some similarities in his game is their demeanor 100 100 like kgs what kg did on the floor was a product of him being an animal for the most part he's obviously skilled
0: and everything but yeah yeah there's so much to unpack there so yeah like i remember looking back at that high school video actually it was a pro am video of chet you know get in the air one throwing the ball back at the dude like dude handed it to him, he handed it back like he has more of that kg demeanor like he looks super skinny and like you might if you looked at him like shouts to chat i don't mean any uh disrespect for him. you look like a geek but i mean he has that toughness he has that killer instinct and that's why i compare him to to kg you know
1: yeah i think that's the thing that separates him from people wanting to compare him to like bull bull and, and poku like, he has this tenacity to his game. He's not afraid to bang down low, even when he shouldn't be. Like, some of these bigs got 70 pounds on him, and he's still holding his own. He's really good at staying vertical, um, you know, getting those uh, those blocks down low. But, yeah, you know, I think that for the comparison with Chet, it's just there really isn't a, a great one there. I think he's got shades of several different players, but mm-hmm. that's that's one that I really struggle with more than any in the past.
0: So your point to the Julius Paulo thing, how Julius hasn't been playing well, I think that happens sometimes. And I want to get to Jay with this in a second, because so like, I think the Ben, I think Ben Simmons hurt Scotty Barnes, even though Scotty Barnes was drafted fourth, they were just afraid he wasn't going to be able to shoot it. And then Ben Simmons is such a polarizing topic. Will this guy ever be able to shoot? But I, what I like what Scotty does, we're not going to stay on Scotty too long either, is that um, he's a willing shooter. Like he'll shoot the basketball. And obviously it's been looking better lately, so now transitioning to Jaden, I think it's unfair to compare him to Ja because Ja has something that not too many other players have, and it pops right off the screen, Watch right when you watched him play in college, right? He has that magnetism, that it factor. He's also a floor general. Do you like the Jaden Hardy, uh, not Jaden Hardy, Jaden Ivey, Ja comp? Because I don't see the intangibles really with it. You know, like Jaden Ivey, he's incredible in the open court super explosive. His jump shot is getting better. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player, but he doesn't have that magnetism. He doesn't have that it factor. In my opinion, quite like Jod, ja, do you think that comparison is somewhat unfair?
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, a lot of times comparisons are also based off of phenotypical similarities. So they got the same hairstyle. People are going to, you know, attach themselves to that in their Tremendous athletes, both tremendous athletes, but they play different positions. Ja was a tremendous passer in college. You yeah. can see that from the jump. He yeah. raised yeah. the floor of that Murray State team. They had no business being in the tournament or being as good as they were. There's a reason why he was the number two pick behind Zion, of all people. He would have been a number one shoe-in if it had it not been for, for Zion. Um, but yeah, I think that, that comparison is just, there's shades of Ja there. Like, there's moments where he looks like, it's, it reminds you of Ja, you know, in the open court, um, you know, certain times in the half court, he might do a similar move or something like that. But I think they're quite a bit different than, than people kind of talk about.
0: I think it could actually help him though, because people are making these comparisons. Ja's playing so great this season, just from your point when it goes to Paulo and, and um, Julius, that Julius wasn't playing so well for a large part of the season. Ja's playing great. I think it could actually help his stock. And I think that's part of the reason why some people are talking about him at number one.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Also, it's just like in this draft, there isn't another guard that's really that shows any of the same things that he has. You know, mm-hmm. NBA, you got to be able to create space, right? He can do that, even though he's not a hundred percent there in terms of like nuance and pace. He doesn't have a a, a great in between game yet. Like those adding those things to his game is gonna take him to a level that a lot of these other guys just can't reach. Is what's which I understand why people are sort of gravitating towards him being that top guy. But, you know, on the flip side of that, it is a lot of work to put in to to be able to reach that level. So he kind of just got to wait.
0: Okay. So there's been a lot of talk around shade and sharp. It's kind of hard to evaluate, right? What what are we going Mm with EYBL video here? I mean, so what are your thoughts on that? And if he were to declare, I don't even know if he can declare, where would his draft range be in your opinion?
1: Yeah. So He will be draft eligible this year because he supposedly finished school in the summer last year. So he was enough removed that the NBA should be able to um, grant him eligibility and he'll be old enough, obviously. So, you know, his his draft range is completely based off of what we've seen from him in the past. YBL, all that stuff, which is definitely a big risk if you know the past of a lot of different players. Um, coming into the year, I think a lot of people thought Jaden Hardy was a shoe in top 10 pick. That's all over the place now. Um, and he's one of those guys who was an animal in high school, right? BJ yeah, Boston, yeah. of course, BJ BJ was like a top five pick. Every single person in the world was saying that he goes 50, 51, or whatever, right? So that's basically where it's, he's where it's at. Shaden looks like he should be, if he declares in this draft, somewhere in that top seven range. I can't say 100%. Um, that's where I, I would guess. Obviously, from our vantage point, we don't get to see him in workouts. That's going to dictate a lot of his stock. Then we, we just won't have any any way to know what he does in a workout. Um, and from the agent's perspective, like how much are they going to let him work out? You know, there's going to be a whole different thing if he declares. But Coach Cal and Shaden have both said on multiple occasions that his plan is to play next year um, with Kentucky. So I've been kind of going off of that. That's why I didn't include him in the last mock draft. You know, I understand that, you know, a lot of number one prospects, you could just tank your draft stock if you have a bad year at Kentucky, lose yourself millions of dollars. Does it make 100 percent sense to him? You know, who knows? But like if they're going to say that, I'm just go off of it until things change, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Keandre. Steve
0: Nash was saying James Harden is with us for the rest of the season, so who knows? You know <laughs> what I mean? You never yeah. know. <laughs> but um, so for those who haven't seen him play, because a lot haven't, he doesn't play college basketball right now, even though he's matriculated into a college. But um, describe his game for us.
1: Yeah. So Shaden is a six-five. He's really athletic, two guard. You know, he's your your classic type of scorer. Um, really loves to do a lot of things on the perimeter. You know, you want to see a little bit more. From him in terms of of space creation, um, from what I've seen, like in his warmups and everything, his handle looks a little bit tighter than it has in the past, so that's good. But like getting downhill, that's something that he'll um, need to work on a little bit. But from an overall perspective, he's not one of these guys who's like a scorer and does nothing else. From in my opinion, I think that he has a pretty well-rounded game. He's a he's a solid passer, you know, good enough not your point guard or combo guard type, but solid enough he's a really good defender when he wants to be obviously in high school you know that can be very all the time um but yeah that's kind of the 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 short version of who he is as a player yeah definitely want to see him against higher level competition of course
0: yeah it'd be interesting if like Amani never played in college and kind of just didn't play anywhere with his draft stock with the is he could he be like somewhat like of a cautionary tale for a guy like Shaden
1: I feel like the thing with Amani is he just got so much media hype that it kind of changed who he was as a player um, Mm. in terms of like consensus. Cause he always had similar weaknesses that he's shown at Memphis. Like he shot like 38% in the EYBL. Like a lot of the stuff that they did was completely dictated around him. So, you know, those things were already there, but once he got to Memphis, I think is I think it's good for him, regardless of like what happened, like he's going to either get better or, you know, go a different direction. But in terms of like draft stock, yeah, it, it could be a cautionary tale, but I always think like you have to, like we were talking about earlier, you have to like get better in some, in some capacity. And if that means that you're going to struggle at a certain point, then you're going to have to struggle.
0: Most definitely. So we heard LeBron James comments. Um, he's looking to play with his son. It's kind of interesting, like he's talking about that in the middle of a season and not in the offseason. I like it, though. You know, if you could find a way to get your son in the league, why not? Right. Why not? But um, so I tweeted after that, you know, it, I'm pretty sure Bronny's going to end up in the NBA. And I didn't say why. But a big part of that is I don't think there's going to be 30 teams that are going to pass up on a LeBron farewell tour. Um First of all, would you agree with that? And second of all, from your evaluation, what do you think about Bronny's game? I've watched him play. Those games are crazy. They're kind of hard to evaluate. I mean, he does seem smarter than the players he's playing with at times. He has a nice-looking jump shot. Um, He's a little bit small for a guard when we're talking NBA level, but maybe we'll grow. I mean, his father is a tall guy. So where do you land on the evaluation of Bronny, and do you think he'll become an NBA player? Because I do, especially with this coming out.
1: Yeah, I think Bronny definitely has NBA potential. Um, a lot of people just look at his points per game and let that dictate their opinion on him. But he is pretty talented. He's a really good athlete. He's a good passer. He makes good plays. Um, good shooter as well. So there's a lot of pieces there that you like to see um, in him. I think regardless of if it's first or second round, at a certain point, they, I think that he has the potential to make an impact in the league. Um The thing I would say about Bronny in that whole LeBron situation is it is going to be interesting to see like if teams like try to posture themselves to free up cap space and then draft Bronny at a certain point, wherever his range is, and then try to package that deal together. Um, I think, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting storyline to see, especially with the Lakers season going the way it is and all those rumors about Westbrook and what's going to happen this off season with AD injury, you know, I don't know. I'm just interested to see it all.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um,
1: I felt like in your mock
0: draft that you probably had Jovich a little bit higher than consensus, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I definitely did. Why so? I just like, you know, he's 6'10", super fluid. He can shoot the ball. He can pass. He can dribble. You know, there aren't a ton of those guys, you know, in the NBA. I just think that his potential is really there. You know, you just look at what his track record, what he's done consistently overseas. And he's just a player I think that is a definite top 20 type of pick. Um, That's just kind of where I'm at on it.
0: Most definitely. Because I think, where'd you have, 15
1: maybe? Somewhere, somewhere in that range, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think most people have them after 20, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. He definitely, he definitely has the tools to be um, a good NBA player. Uh, we got to watch a Rising Stars game. I saw you were tweeting, so I saw, I knew you were, you know, tapped in. I thought it was a lot of fun. There were some people that didn't like it. They were texting me. They didn't really like it. I really enjoyed it. And the biggest takeaway for me is. I guess it's an easy takeaway when the guy won MVP. But I was thinking this while I was watching the game. It just felt like if you only saw that game, you got to take games like that with a grain of salt. That Cade Cunningham is just more advanced in his development than a lot of those other players in in that game. Would you feel the yeah. same? Yeah,
1: yeah. That was that was one of the big takeaways from the game. I just I like the format in general. You know, especially because yeah. you know when we follow the game, like the all the prospects and everything. It's cool to see him in one place yeah, over yeah. the last couple of years. Um, But yeah, you know, Cade was he was doing his thing, both ends, um, making the right play all the time. Uh, Yeah, I I don't don't know. I don't really have too much analysis to give from those type of games because it's all fun, especially that first game. They were just out there, you know, playing around, making highlights. But those last two were really fun and competitive and probably probably some of the best moments from All-Star Weekend, in my opinion.
0: Right. I just released the episode and I talked about how, you know, I gave my top five rookies and Cade wasn't number one. I had Scotty and Evan above him, but in a redraft, I would still go with Cade at one. Where would you land on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people get, you know, thrown off early on in rookie seasons, but he's still that guy who has all the tools. I think you give him another year, he can stay healthy. He's going to look a lot like what we envision him. He already has had like What he did to Denver this year, he's had several games like that. It's just kind of about being more consistent, cutting cutting those turnovers down, stop getting into foul trouble every other game. Um, Just a whole bunch of – he's still a rookie at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Any other takeaways from All-Star Weekend? What what wasn't talked about enough to me was like I just enjoyed the three-point contest more than most. Obviously, the dunk contest wasn't good. But I loved (laughs) – I really liked how how, um, Cat, like he really wanted that. And I, I don't know Cat personally, but just from me watching that, it kind of shows me how much that dude loves basketball. Like, I could really tell, like, he loves the game. He really wanted to win that. And he took it seriously. Like, you know, a lot of guys in this era, and even in my era, like, they try and play the too cool card, you know? Like I'm t- No, but he really showed, like, he wanted to win that. And I think that was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I like that. He was my pick for the, okay. the contest. I just felt like it was... First of all, his odds were crazy. He was the I last heard. I heard. Yeah. That did was put, ridiculous. Did you, yeah. put money, did you put some money on it? I may or may not have put a little, <laughs> little something on that. Um, but, yeah, so because his, his jumper, you know, he's got more of a set shot. And in those kind of competitions, you can always kind of weed out the guys who are going to be the in-game shooters. Like Fred, he's a terrific – NBA shooter right can't take anything away from him he's like shooting like nine attempts a game shooting near 40 percent right but in that kind of setting shoots like a moon ball it's not going to be the same Fred is one of my favorite players but that's just kind of kind of what I took away from that but yeah like you were saying his you always like to see somebody who like actually wants to to win um and like shows that competitiveness like Larry Bird you know everybody talks about that um you know he walked in he said who's going to come in second place right Right, nice. right. You love to see that, and then back it up, too.
0: Yeah, and I really enjoyed the actual game as well. Obviously, there's always going to be some dry spots, uh, not a lot of defense at times, but I definitely like the new format that has been around for, I don't know, one or two years now. Yeah. But it was great to see Steph Curry go nuclear, and then LeBron hit that game winner.
1: Yeah, that was that was like how you draw it up, you know? Um, yeah. I always liked the All-Star game. I love this new format because you get a blend of you know, we want to still see the highlights. We want to see the three sixties, like move out the way the lane a couple of times, so Ja can get this get this dunk off. But also, when it's time, you know, go ahead and be competitive. Or at the end of the quarters, they're always going to be competitive, trying to get the money for their for the charities. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I don't know why people complain about All Star Weekend so much because it's like these are million, like hundred millionaires in the middle of the season. Do you think they're really going to go? As hard as possible. Like, how can we really fix this? It's supposed to be fun, and it's right. always for the kids too, right?
0: You know what I'm thinking when I see Spo out there. I know Spo's thinking, like, I'm just trying to get back to heat basketball. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Do yeah. you feel, Do you feel that it's an age thing when it comes to like who enjoys the All Star Game and who doesn't? Do you feel like there's an age gap there? Because I always, w- I also would like to see like, like I thought the Charles Barkley, Shaq, Ernie Johnson uh, commentary was great. But I do think they need to make a channel for the younger demographic, whether it be something like through the wire or yourself giving commentary, because I think those are the I think that's the age demographic that really enjoys this All-Star game. And I think we need to see some alternative commentary from guys such as yourself, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, there is a. I really liked the the TBS stream too. I felt like they could have done a couple of different things differently, like with the audio levels. There were some yeah. times it would like bleed through. Um, also,
0: also I wouldn't mind just hearing them, but not seeing them, maybe so I could get the full screen view. <laughs> yeah. We
1: didn't need to see them 40 <laughs> feet away with that camera. Right,
0: right, um, right.
1: But yeah, there is kind of a, there kind of an age thing. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard a kid complain about all star weekend. Like right. it's the best. You got all your favorite players, the players, maybe you don't like, you get to see them with your favorite player on the team, you know, throwing lobs and everything like that. So it's, it's always about the younger generation. Um, as for the commentary goes, there could always be, you know, a different alternative yeah. um, to what we have now. The reason I would listen to TBS was I just like those guys' opinions on stuff. And, you know, they're going to make jokes. They had the interviews on the side during the game. Um, yeah. And you know, Reggie and D. Wade can kind of just go overboard sometimes. As good as Kevin Harlan <laughs> is at his job, like Reggie almost lost his mind uh on Saturday night. And D Wade lost his voice, literally. He was like you couldn't even listen to him on the other comment uh on TNT. Would you agree that there should
0: be a commentary maybe for the younger demographic?
1: Yeah, I think there there should be. Um obviously the NBA has done like some some alternative streams on League Pass, you know, you see um
0: Well, they did that Marvel comic thing. That that was interesting. Remember that?
1: Yeah. That, that was, was on that ESPN that one time. But I that really that, that I I feel like that almost
0: hits a demographic younger than you maybe at times, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um you know, I don't I feel like I don't really even fit into the demographic at all like I listen to anybody talk basketball.
0: Right, right, like,
1: right, right. Right. But that Marvel thing, maybe, maybe it goes too far in a direction. Like I know a lot of kids loved it, like four-year-old, five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> right, right. But also it's like, it's still basketball. If you don't like basketball, it's not going to be Marvel all the time. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of. I, 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 honestly,
0: I was, I was lost on that, bro. Like I was like, I, I tried to tune it into the Marvel one. I tried to tune it. I was like, this just isn't for me, but I mean, there are adults that like Marvel as well. Um, but I don't think they would be tuning into that. I think that's definitely for, like, a younger demographic.
1: Yeah, I think they were just trying things. You know, yeah. sometimes you just got to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, the, and also I
0: think, like, commentary hasn't changed much over the past, like, 50 years. And it, I think it's almost would be cool to, like, see maybe more alternative versions with, like, a podcast conversational type vibe just as, you know, Shaq and them were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely
0: Through the Wire could definitely yes. – they could, they, that would be a great alternative stream. I think the NBA should definitely get that done. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I I can't remember. I just heard somebody talking about something like this conversation. I don't know where it was, but they're like, you know, that we keep doing the same things um, over and over again. And, like, people's ears and their attention spans and how they, like, listen to the games is different. I do think that at a certain point, like, there still needs to be one of those guys, which Kenny – could serve as in this situation but one of those people who kind of gets everything together and you got to keep it kind of structured or else like things start going kind of crazy during the game (laughs) right 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 but other like outside of that you know some people just want to hear a different kind of perspective different way of talking and yeah i think they should definitely offer that
0: I agree 100%, 100%, Keandre. Keandre, thank you so much for taking the time. Keep up the great work with Hoop Intellect. The videos are phenomenal. You know, the floor is yours. Where can we find you? And talk? please talk a little bit more about your YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube, Hoop Intellect. Just type it in. Um, we do a lot of draft stuff. I got a most improved video coming today um, and a whole bunch of other NBA content. And I'm also on Twitter, Hoop Intellect, 3Ls. Still working on it, I'm trying to get the two L's <laughs> one. My God, um, hooping Elect on Instagram. I might post on TikTok at some at some point. But yeah, that's kind of just where you can find me. And I appreciate you for having me on once again. It's always always fun to do this.
0: Most definitely, Keandre, you're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon, man.
1: Appreciate it. See you, man.
0: Later. Combo Nation. Thank you for tuning in, Keandre. Thank you for joining in, everybody who's tuned into this episode. Thank you for listening to it in its entirety. Uh, leave a rating and a review right on your Apple podcast app or wherever you listen to combos court, punch down on that subscribe button, wherever you tune into combos court. It's the follow button. If you're listening on the Apple podcast app and share this episode for me, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. And tag me on IG at 1-2-combo. That's O N E T W O C O M P O. Be on the lookout for episode 344. Four, combo out.